Welcome, 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 guys, to another episode of Bold Statements, Not So Bold Predictions, where we've got receipts. I'm your host, Keith Cork, and I'm here with my fellow Illinoisan and Chicagoan, Mr. Jonathan Martinez, man. How are you doing today, Jonathan? You doing all right, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, and Trey couldn't make it today. Not, not sure what's going on there. You know, we hope, wish him well. Hope he's doing all right. But uh, I'll touch base with him. He probably just forgot that slacker. But it's uh, no big deal, man. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll go ahead and recap his bets and everything for him. So it's no big deal, man. But hey, John, tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself, man. Tell me, uh, you go by Jonathan. You go by John. What do you, what do you prefer? Either or, man. Honestly, okay. like, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I know some people get bothered, but yeah, pretty yeah, chill about it's that. cool, man. Yeah, all right, that's yeah. all good, man. All right, cool. So, well, yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself, man. Like, what, um, you know, how, how long you been following the NBA? Uh, how long you been in sports betting? Because you do, you do multiple sports, right? Yes. So, um, honestly, been been involved with sports my whole life. Um, played baseball, basketball growing up, yeah. especially basketball. Um, when it comes to the sports betting stuff, uh, like you mentioned, I like to dabble around in all the sports, try to get some action everywhere, whatever sport is going on or sports are going on during the time. But um, honestly, I've been I've been doing this maybe for like a year and a half now. Um, started not too long ago. Once Honestly, once Illinois became legalized for sports uh, betting is right. when I got in. Um, luckily, during that time, um, you know, you were able to register online versus having to go to actual um, casinos and stuff like that. So yeah. I kind of took advantage. I started um, looking at different books and just registering and kind of getting different lines from different books and then kind of started there uh, around like college basketball season last season, pretty much. So okay. that's when I really got serious about it. And then, uh, yeah, just reached out to Hoop Ball, saw that they were uh, looking for some some people to get on for uh, the wager pass stuff. Yeah. So I started on the Discord, uh, made my way up from there, and now – now I'm with the big boy, so yeah. So yeah, <laughs> the big boy. No, you're you're a lot. You're way you're way newer to this than I thought you were, man. Because you seem like a seasoned pro at this point. Because uh, you really go for that plus money stuff, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But uh, but sure. man, especially like home run props and stuff like that, you hit like you know plus four hundred, plus five hundred stuff like on the regs. So uh, <laughs> pretty impressive, man. I don't know. It's like see, it was. And that's one thing I want to touch on too a little later. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But no, um, sounds good. So you know, so tell me, um, you know, you're you're a Bulls fan. Uh, you're from Chicago. Have you lived there all your life, or? Yeah, born and born and raised in Chicago. Uh, big time Bulls fan. Unfortunately, I was too young to remember like the '90s with the oh, Jordan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the Jordan teams. Uh, yeah, I was still I was still a young buck at that point. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, kind of watching the videos and the movies and stuff like that um, from Michael Jordan in that time uh, seemed like Chicago was just a crazy vibe. Yeah. Um, seemed like a lot of good stuff going on. I'm also a Sox fan, White Sox fan. Okay. Um, but I, I was raised on the North side. So oh, okay. a lot of my family Cubs fans. Did you um, party when they won the world series? That's a real question, man. Did you go up in there? 05, party? In 05, I wasn't able to, I was still uh, in high school, but I, uh, I did. I, I did go to the parade though. I did okay, get to go to okay. the parade. I did go to so that too. I I did, yeah, that, was, man, that was busy, man. I was, I was taking videos and stuff, man. It was just like totally <laughs> packed downtown. I'm like, wow, look at this. Like no cars can get through here. This is crazy. But uh, no, man. Yeah, I, I'm from the suburbs originally. Obviously, I'm from uh, Elgin, but uh, live in the city uh, for mm -hmm. about like five, six years. With uh, that's where I met my wife, and then my wife made me move to Alabama, and then now I'm in Kansas. So uh, she's okay. got me going all over the place. I'm hoping to get back to Chicago. 
sometime soon. I think it might be in the works, but no, man, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad to have a fellow Chicagoan on here. Which school did you go to? You said you played basketball, baseball, and all that. I'm, I'm curious what school you, you attended when you played those. So I went to grade school at uh, St. Mary of the Angels. I went to private okay. school. And then, oh, okay. uh, and then high school, I went to St. Ben's. Okay. And uh, yeah, so part of school. it. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of it. I did. Uh, I used to actually went. To, I went to private school too. Uh, I was in the suburbs at that point, but um, we did play some private schools in Chicago. All of our basketball opponents were in Chicago, so we had to go into the city every night uh, to play them. So I was just curious if maybe, maybe you went to one of them. But it's all good, man. Um, so, man, hey, if you've never heard, well, you have heard of a couple of shows, but if any of our listeners haven't heard before, you're listening for the first time. BSPP is a show where we put our credibility on the line each and every week to bring you our best guesses for NBA game outcomes. Here's how it works, guys. Each host starts with 100 creds, and so do our guests. We place wagers on game outcomes, players, props, futures, and much, much more. We'll also be bringing on guests, obviously, just like Jonathan, spotting them credits. For many of our bets, we'll be using real-life odds from found at sites such as PointsBet, MyBookie, FanDuel, and more. Follow us on Twitter at, at BSBP underscore NBA. If you like to view all of our open bets, transparency is real key here. We like to be transparent. Uh, you can see them all on our Twitter. Just click the little uh, Microsoft Excel spreadsheet that's in there. Uh, at any point in the show, you someone can call a BS on somebody. So, Jonathan, if you think I'm saying I'm laying down some BS, just tell me, man. I'll, I'll play the little air horn for you here. But hey, let me spot you some of these uh, some of these coins here real quick. There you go. You got a hundred credits. You loaded up. You loaded up. Now you can go ahead and put some bets on our show, man. So we got you. We got you covered here. So, um, but yeah, man, we're thankful here for Hoopball for giving us the opportunity to have this show. Uh, you know, they put some great pods out there. Tons of great pods. I know Jonathan's been on the Today in Sports betting pod also. Uh, I know that one's not coming out very regularly, but when it does, check it out. Uh, Hoop-ball.com. That's hoop-ball.com. And man, I don't know. It's been uh, it's been kind of a down season for me. I know you've been seeing it in the Discord with the wager pass, but uh, I am on the show. I'm down a little bit. I'm at ninety five point three for my credit rating, which means I'm down about uh, four and a half units or so, a little bit four and a, over four and a half units. Trey's at ninety eight point two, doing a little bit better than me. But we're both down a little bit, so we need you on, man. You're on fire. You're gonna bring <laughs> the energy. You're gonna be like nuts, go crazy, and and you know hit ten bets. So uh, it's all good here. I'm gonna actually here's here's the bets I had last time. Uh, and you, I know you already saw these, but uh, CJ McCollum, I had over 23.5 points. Um, that was on, I think that was Thursday's game, and he he missed it. He ended up with like 21. So it was a bummer, man. He started out shooting off slow, and then he just, you know, never really recovered. Uh, I had Dame Lillard, uh, 40 points or more, but I just put a little half unit on that. That was at plus 504 odds. Um, I just, I think he's going to break out of that slump at some point, man. He's going to put down a 40 burger. I don't want to miss nice it. Too. Yeah, I don't want to miss. I think it might be, you know, I, I'm looking at him um, tomorrow, man. That might be it because uh, I forget who they're playing tomorrow. But I was looking at it a little early and I'm like, that might be the game. That might Break be the game. game. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. I'm yeah. hoping. He's been struggling like crazy. But um, no, so that one didn't hit, unfortunately. Uh, that was only a half unit. And then I had Jake Tatum over three and a half assists. He had three assists at halftime. And then he came up short, man. I was riding that narrative because Marcus Smart called that team out. And said, yeah. uh, man, you guys got to pass, pass the ball. And they had been passing the rock a little bit better, but he didn't hit for me, unfortunately. But you and I both were on OG at an OB, 20 points yes. and over. Yes. We got that, but that, but that was just an easy easy call, man. I mean, that guy has all the opportunity in the world to hit 20 points. So uh, I know you liked it. What did you like about that bet, actually, not since I got you on the show? So, yeah, actually, um, I've been keeping up with OG, honestly, since, his, since he broke into the league from uh, Indiana. And like you said, just uh, immense opportunity this year with Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, Pascal Siakam still out to start the year. And you would figure, him, you know, OG 
or uh, Fred Van Vliet would, you know, take the realm as their number one guy. Um, they both kind of got off to slow starts. And the good thing is, is that right now you kind of could get luck. Well, not lucky, but um, you could get some good numbers out there for some of these props because obviously uh, the, the season just started and the books are still trying to get a feel for how these teams are looking and how these guys are uh, playing so far. So I was like 18 and a half. Um, yeah. Thought it was pretty easy. And then like like we talked about a little bit about the whole notion about getting uh, some plus money in there. Or maybe I think it was already at 19 and a half. So it was 19 and a half. So it was already up to 20. Um, but be, to begin the season, it was already at like 16. So it's slowly been creeping up. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think OG just, you know, he's he's been shooting a lot of threes. He's been a little more focused on the offensive end. Uh, we've known him to be like a defensive stopper and a kind of three and D guy so far in his career. But seems like this year he's kind of taking that big step forward to uh, taking advantage of some extra usage on the Raptors. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and, and what I liked also about that bet was that uh, Scotty Barnes was out for that game too. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, yes. you can't you can't really discount that because there's just like who's who's going to shoot the ball over there, man? Man, they let me down tonight. I had uh, man, I had the over in that game. It was the Toronto Raptors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, and oh my gosh, I had the the Raptors at minus five point five. They were up like man, eight ten points the whole game, and in the fourth quarter they just dropped it up. The, yeah, the the Cavs came back. Cavs are pretty good this year. I can't I can't you know really say anything about that. Um, so I was a little nervous about it, but man, I thought for sure the Cavs or the uh, Raptors would take care of business. So yeah, quickly about <laughs> the Cavs. Um, honestly, like that was uh, one of I, I was listening to. Uh, the last pod that you had a guest on, uh, Patrick talked about mm-hmm. his uh, his rookie of the year uh, futures bet with Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley yeah. and that was that was that was like the biggest thing in the off season was like they picked up Mobley, they ended up doing the sign and trade for marketing, mm-hmm. and then during preseason they they came up with this idea about starting seven or uh, three seven footers, and I was yeah, like, how's that going to work out? <laughs> yeah. It seemed, yeah, it seems like it's working. I didn't so think far. it would. I didn't think Me it either, would. <laughs> honestly. But it, it seems like, obviously, defensively, it kind of, um, it kind of, you know, covers up the holes with uh, with Garland and Sexton since they're so small. Right. And now you got like three seven footers just backing them up. Yeah. And obviously, Markinen's out of the lineup right now. But it seems like Cleveland's is onto something at least uh, right now. Before yeah. everyone could kind of figure out how to play against them, so. Damn, yeah. Mobley, he has been insane to start the year, man. He is uh, having a great season, so I love that. Yeah, that was Patrick on our last show, and he was talking about um, Mobley for his rookie of the year. He, he called that months ago, so, hey, good good call, Patrick. I think he's in the lead right now, but, uh, you know, I think any of these guys can win. I think Scotty Barnes can win it. Um, I think Jalen Green. solid looking class. Yeah, I think there's just a lot, tons of great guys. So um, let me recap Trey's bets here real quick here. He had Tatum over 29.5 points. Uh, that didn't hit, obviously. He only had like 14 points in that game. He, they didn't really need him to really step up because the, the Magic just uh, – they just weren't that great, and, and the Celtics kind of blew him out. But uh, he also had a, a parlay here. It looks like four – yeah, four teams. I think he missed two of these legs. He had Dallas money line. Uh, uh, so Mavericks money line, Knicks money line. Uh, Cavs money line and Charlotte money line. He did miss that one too. So he was 0 for 2. I was 1 for 1 and 3. So 1 for 4. So unfortunate, man. But hey, we were talking before we jumped down here, uh, Jonathan. You said that you like some uh, some of the future stuff that we had out there. You're already on it yourself. So uh, what you got, man? What what did you like that that we're on that you liked that uh, that you want to ride with us here? So I was 
on a team total with you guys with the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, honestly went on when I did the uh, I did a futures uh, pod on okay. uh, today in sports betting, and that was one of my picks for them to go over. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it written down here. So over 47 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave that one out. Just felt like kind of kind of similar things you guys were talking about, just their depth. Um, you know, having that playoff experience last year. Now I'm a little nervous because I don't know <laughs> yeah. if Trey Young came out and said that the regular season is boring. Oh uh, yeah. So I didn't like, see that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, so I'm like now, like, I don't know. They kind of they've kind of gotten out to a slow start, but ultimately I just think they have way too much talent, uh, way yeah. too much depth to uh, not be at least in the top four in the Eastern Conference when the season is said and done. So yeah. I'm on that one. And then um, I was also on Jalen Green mm-hmm. to win Rookie of the Year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's having some inefficiency uh, issues right now, but you can see the talent is there, the opportunity is there. Um, you know, he's going he's gonna to get playing time. He's going to be able to work through – um, the little things that he didn't realize going into the league. Obviously, he went to the G League, so mm-hmm. he kind of had a a step ahead of some of the college guys, and uh, I would even say some of the guys from overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his teammates, obviously, uh, Shangun, has looked good in limited mm-hmm. minutes. Um, I know a lot of people have been talking him up on hoop ball, so I ended up getting him in some drafts. Nice. out for me. So, uh, yeah, I just thought ultimately Jalen Green, his his scoring prowess, and then, um, you know, his athleticism to potentially get, like, four to five rebounds a game, um, also play make a little bit because the Rockets, honestly, they do have some uh, some guys that can, can create on their own, get yeah. some points in there. So um, they do have a decent team, even though they're relatively inexperienced. I still right. feel like, uh, they, they, you know, the opportunity is there for for Jalen Green to win Rookie of the Year, but yeah, so he's got that. the he's he's really got the I mean he's got the environment there I think to really put up some huge stat lines too because those Rockets man they just want to get the ball they want to get out and run man they want to go crazy so um, I think he's just he's really in that spot where he can put up you know I don't know if he's gonna put up twenty points per game it's it's kind of a, a high number honestly but he could do it especially there because they they have like just tremendous base on the season so far. Um, which I'll actually talk about a little bit later. So you like anything else on there or uh, Jalen Green, Rookie of the Year, Hawks over on the win total? What else do you like? Anything else? Yeah, those are those are the two. Those uh, are two, okay. That out for me with you. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's all good, man. That's cool. Um, I like it. Yeah, I called um, I called the uh, Hawks 50 wins at the start of the season. Obviously, yeah, I'm feeling a little sweating that out a little bit because they haven't had the best start. Uh, I don't know. What to, I didn't hear about that Trey Young comment. I don't know what to take about that, man. Um, <laughs> I feel like he says a lot of things. Uh, he's just kind of like I'm. A, I don't want to call him like flamboyant, but like he's you know he's out there. He's saying stuff. He likes to talk. So I'm not gonna put too much stock into it. But at the same time, it doesn't make me feel great about it. Yeah. But uh, but hey, guys, whichever side you fall on with our bets, where you place your bets is just as just as if not more important than the, what bets you're putting down. If I don't stumble over my words, that's why you need to go with the best, the most trustworthy, and the sports book with the best odds. You need to go with my bookie. If you sign up under the promo code Hoopball, that's H O P B A L L. You get your first deposit match halfway up to your first thousand dollars. If you put in the thousand dollars, guys, you get an extra five hundred to put on some of these futures bets, like we're talking about here. That's that's some good good money to put on that. So. Uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, we had some uh, every week. Every week, we like to kind of recap the the headlines. Had a few stories here I want to talk about. Um, first, being Mr. Robert Sarver, 
uh, is the owner of, of the uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, not good, man. <laughs> not good. Uh, say, saying some uh, pretty insensitive things. Uh, he had some comments to say about how Draymond Green was using a certain word. I uh, don't really want to say it or even allude to it. Um, but he was talking about that and uh, and how, you know, saying how, what, why can I say that word, uh, you know, referring to African-American people. Um, and, you know, he, he's categorically denying it out there. Uh, the Suns, I mean, I don't think I don't think it really affects them as a, on a basketball level. But I have to think that off the court, like when we're talking about like, you know, free agents coming there or talking about, you know, contracts, you know, negotiations. Um, you know, that's something that's really going to affect them because who wants to play for an organization that's going to employ a guy like that, you know? So, uh, you have any thoughts about Mr. Robert Sarver and what's going on there in, uh, in Phoenix? Yeah. So I've kind of, uh, been checking out what's been going on with that situation. And obviously this isn't the first incident where we've had a, a owner, um, you know, go under investigation. We, we saw with, with the Clippers mm-hmm. a few Sterling, yeah, Sterling, and um, honestly, like it, it doesn't really surprise me, but I right. feel, um, you know, it's it's just really bad timing because um, there's so many like social justice issues going on in the world. Mm. On top of um, you know, the NBA is predominantly African American, yeah. and you you come off of a. a a playoff berth for one and then make it all the way to the finals. And, you know, your team is kind of in the spotlight. They're legitimate contenders. And now it kind of sucks away from that success um, away from the team, because obviously now you have a legitimate uh, team and you've always had, they've always had the fan base, but I feel like with all this coming out now and, um, you know, it, it takes away from the, the success that the Suns have had. And it's been a long time coming. Obviously, they've had a number of top picks that haven't panned out. It wasn't until, like, Booker came in and then a couple of draft class after that with Aiton and Bridges. Um, and then, obviously, making the, the, the big trade for Chris Paul. But, um, yeah, ultimately, I just feel like, you know, the NBA has to step in. Um, obviously, if more and more information comes out where it's proving that he did say these things. And um, regardless if other people are using that derogatory term, it's not okay to use that ultimately. Yeah. So you kind of have to, uh, you're, you're in a position where you're, you're under so much scrutiny um, constantly with a microscope uh, and, and the spotlight underneath uh, over your head. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful what you do and what you say. So I just feel like ultimately um, the league is is doing a better job of kind of weeding out the people who are bringing that kind of, um, you know, negative uh, vibes and, and stuff yeah. into the league. But ultimately, I feel like, you know, the NBA is going to do their job and do their due diligence. And if all this stuff, you know, comes out to be true and whatnot, then I, I don't see uh, Sarver obviously staying on the team. And it's funny because, like, you know, it's, it, we've we've already seen what happens in this scenario where, um, you know, there's allegations being made about owners and whatnot, and then the more and more time goes on, the information starts flowing in. So I feel like they they were saying that it's been 19 years since this has been going on, which is crazy, because wow. obviously yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, it's been like I think they said like about 19 years that they've had um, former employees, current employees that have kind mm-hmm. of talked about the misconduct and the 
toxic environment that he's brought to the franchise, which is crazy because, like I mentioned, they, they were in the playoffs last year. It wasn't like they were in the playoffs years before. I think they were out of the playoffs for like 10 years prior to that. So they've had recent success, you know, just last year. Yeah. And now it's coming out. And it, seemed, it didn't seem to phase them yesterday. But obviously Chris Paul and Booker got some questions yesterday after the game. and Yeah, that's got to be annoying, right? If you're a player, it's like, it's like, dude, that's not even, that's, that's, that's nothing to do with me. I'm out on the court playing basketball. Yeah. Like, I'm not even really thinking about that. Um, I'm sure, you know, I, I I'm just kind of curious because I know that they've been having those contract uh, extension talks with um, DeAndre Ayton. And I'm kind of curious, like, I mean, I, you know, obviously Sarver has to be involved at some level in that, I would think. Right? Yeah. He's the owner of the team. So I'm curious as to, you know, if that plays anything into it. I don't think it does. I think that's kind of stretching things. I think even though, he overstepped, obviously, and like you said, he really should be reprimanded. The NBA is one of the—I mean, they're one of the best leagues when it comes to social justice, and that's one of the reasons I do still follow them, uh, and not so much some other leagues that I used to follow more so. But uh, the NBA has a good track record with that, so I think they'll do the right thing here. I think Starver will end up, you know, relinquishing that team probably at some point. Um, you know, like you said, you have to make sure that this stuff is because he has categorically denied it. So let's make sure that it's actually true and we can actually verify this. And we have, um, but it sounds to me, especially if they're releasing a story, on, yeah, I think it was an ESPN beat writer that, that, that uh, exposed it. Um, it seems to me that they probably already have multiple sources saying this. So uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know how you continue to own a team when you've got that kind of cloud over you, even if you want to. Um, so I think he has to sell it. So uh, curious to see how that all pans out. Like I said, I don't think it really affects them on the court. I wonder if any of this off the court stuff will be effective. Some, you know, maybe some staff turnover, or something like that. But I do wish the best for the Phoenix Suns, man. They haven't had a lot of success uh, in that franchise, obviously. Uh, like you said, they, you know, had a great year last year. I actually, I actually had them. I picked them to win the championship like three months, I think, before the end of the season, and it was plus. Um, I can't remember. It was really good odds, uh, and I was like pumped. I was like, yeah, they're in the finals. And then obviously they let me down a little bit. That's that seems to be a theme with me, man. It's like oh, almost there, and then it's like ah. Oh. Uh, but that's all good, man. Uh, no, so let, but hey, how about this one though? Mr. Scotty Pippen made headlines again, <laughs> and this is probably one that we got a little bit more uh, experience, a little bit more thoughts about. I actually, have you ever um, met any Bulls players in real life? So I met Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr okay. for like, a, I want to say it was like a Halloween um, parade or something. I have a picture yeah. with him, a Spider-Man outfit. <laughs> um, I've met Bill Wellington. Uh-huh. I met Scotty Pip. I've met a few Bulls. I've okay. never met today, but I've, I've met a few of the other yeah. members of, of that team. So, yeah, I've met a few before. I never met MJ. I wish I would. I mean, I would love to meet MJ, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I met, uh, I don't want to say met. I was in the same room as Juanita Jordan. I actually went to a basketball camp with Jeffrey Jordan, which is Michael Jordan's oldest son. Yeah. Uh, and he blocked me a few times. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, uh, you know, so, uh, but I did meet Scottie Pippen in real life. You met him in real life. What did you think about Scottie Pippen in real life? Was he nice to you? What, how did he treat you? <laughs> uh, he came off like a, like a cool guy. I mean. Oh, yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was, I thought he, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Um, I've heard as I gotten older, yeah, he's got, he's got a reputation, but he yeah. does. He does. Yeah. 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 No, he's got, and one thing I always point to when it comes to his reputation is like, he never tips. That's like one of the things people always say, you know, yeah, I'm sure you've heard that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He never tips, you know, servers and stuff like that. But uh, no, I did meet him in real life. I actually coached against his son in basketball and this man was an absolute, um, 
hmm, what's a what's a polite way to say this? He was not very pleasant in real life uh, because I I wanted a picture. So I like you know I was like, dude, like my dad will never believe I'm in the same gym as you. Can I just get a quick picture? You know, he said no. And what I did is you know I did the thing that any sane person would do, and I just snuck a photo. You know, as he was walking yeah. in the gym. So I actually got I actually put that photo in the Discord. I don't know if you saw that. I'm, I might share with you after here. But um, it's actually him, like, looking at me like, really, dude? <laughs> like, it's really funny. I feel like that encapsulates him. But no, man, um, this dude, though, he in in the media, he's been kind of just uh, – he's been kind of a tiresome, honestly, to me because he just honestly uh, wants to attack MJ. I mean, it seems like he's still got all this baggage about being second fiddle to MJ. I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, the latest news, obviously, is he came out. I mean, he's got a new uh, memoir coming out called Unguarded. Uh, I'm definitely interested in reading that. I'm going to pick it up when it comes out. I'm going I'm to I'm read it. I, I read lots of uh, bios about that specific time period in, in Bulls history, obviously. Um, but, no, he does say so. – he, he says something along the lines – actually, I have the exact episode here. He says, uh, except Michael, who was determined to prove to the current generation of fans that he was larger than life during his day, uh, still larger than LeBron James, the player may – the player may consider his equal, if not superior. So basically what he's saying is that Michael MJ has brought out the, um, what was it? Uh, what was the name of it? Um, the, the, uh, the biography that was on Netflix. Um, oh my gosh. The last dance. Yeah. Yeah. So he brought that out because he wanted to prove that he was still bigger than LeBron. And then he goes on to say, to make things worse, Michael received $10 million for his role in the doc. While my teammates and I didn't earn a dime. Another reminder of the pecking order from the old days for an entire season. We allowed cameras into the sanctity of our locker rooms, our practices, our hotels, our huddles, our lives. Um, I mean, I do feel for him a little bit. I mean, I think he should have been a little bit compensated. I mean, I'm not going to argue that point. But, like, do you really need to come at Michael like that? I don't – I just – I mean, I don't – and Michael Jordan, like, you know, he's a great, fantastic basketball player. I mean, I, I believe you probably agree, the GOAT. Um, he's my GOAT. I don't know. Some yeah. say LeBron. That's fine. Yeah. You can say LeBron. No, I don't I don't agree. Uh, I think it's a yeah. silly conversation I've talked about a few times. Um, but anyways, uh, I think he's, you know, Best player to ever play the game. He was not necessarily the best guy off the court. Uh, and there's plenty of documentation out there about that. Also, obviously, you've got the gambling, got the cheating on, on his wives, um, all that all that stuff. I mean, you know, he just he doesn't necessarily handle himself the best off the basketball court. Uh, but, you know, no, per- no person is perfect. You know, Scotty's not perfect. Scotty got into some trouble, too. So um, I'm, I'm not going to, you know. So anyways, what are your thoughts, man, about about Mr. Scotty Pippen coming at Michael like that? <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's at this point it's really um, outplayed and kind of tiresome that whatever opportunity he can come at Jordan, he, he definitely makes it known that there's some bitterness there even after all these years. And, um and I get part of it, like you said. Um, I think more so the fact that, you know, if if Scottie Pippen was on a different team, potentially in his prime, um, who knows what type of accolades he would have accomplished on his own. But at the same time, I still feel like ultimately Scottie Pippen doesn't end up being Scottie Pippen if he wasn't teammates with Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan didn't push him at practice or didn't push him in the playoffs to right. kind of get the best version out of Scottie Pippen because, um, you know, th- there's guys, even even in the league now, where you can say, like, you know, they, they've started off in certain situations, they got out of that team and went to a different system, a different um, environment and kind of thrive, right? And I mm-hmm. think with Scottie, um, you know, ultimately it benefited him coming to Chicago and um, being that, that second guy 
even though like when when Jordan retired the first time, you know that that year that year that he was retired, Scotty was just going all out. Oh and, yeah, yeah. They almost, I mean, they 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 lost on that fan, that like bad phantom foul call. Um, so he, yeah, they had a good season still, even with just Scotty. So Scotty, yeah. So like, obviously his, you know, and and it's not like no one like gives credit to Scotty Pippen. No one's discrediting him like, oh, like he, he, you know, he was this or he was that, right? But obviously, like for me, uh, during the documentary, the reason why I really wanted to watch it was to kind of uh, see what's going on behind the scenes of that team. Yeah, and like kind of get more of a visual. Of what was going on at that time mm-hmm. and for me personally it just seemed like yeah like even during the documentary scotty was kind of like always downplaying jordan kind of being negative um even even like when he was on espn on the jump um yeah. it always seemed like whenever the the, the jordan conversation came up it's always like i want to always discredit mj and kind of um give lebron this added praise and it's <laughs> like like dude like get over yourself get over yeah it It was it was 20 years ago at this point like you know it you know longer than that but it's like dude like you just just give it up already it's so tiring um you you found every reason to to hate michael and that's fine i don't think michael loses sleep at night knowing that scotty doesn't have his back you know (laughs) that huddle with them everybody that that won those championships and went on those title runs um understand why he was the way he was, why MJ was the way he was. And um, I think sometimes these guys get too caught up and, you know, hey, this per- this certain guy is getting all the praise. But it's like, yeah, like true fans that watch basketball and kind of follow this stuff kind of, you know, in their own way, give praise to these other guys that, yeah. you know, ultimately. So I feel like Scotty, even though he was the second guy, he was, you know, the Robin to the Batman, yeah, Scott always got his just due, and it's like don't continue to bash on Jordan or bring up things that have nothing to do with basketball, or bring up business stuff because you mismanaged um, your contracts or your yeah. endorsements and stuff. While MJ, that's came- what it comes down to, man. That's what it comes yeah. down to, though, because it comes down. It comes down to the money, envy, man. It comes down to that. Yeah, he even says in his memoir, he's talking about the money. He's talking about the ten million Jordan gifts, man. Like. Uh, and like you said, I mean, it's not, it's unfortunate that he had that, he negotiated that, con- I don't know what kind of negotiation it was, but he got that contract where he didn't get paid anything. Like it's unfortunate, years, man. Yeah. 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 It wasn't, it was nothing. It was nothing for what he did for the team. It was nothing. And, and he has a right to be upset about that. Um, he's taking, take, yeah. He's not, he's taking on the wrong people, man. You don't take that out. That's not Jordan's fault. Um, but you know, um, I think you have to understand too, where, where Pippen, you know, I mean, he had 11 older siblings, grew up in a shack, basically. I mean, these people, you know, he, he came up from nothing, uh, and everything that he did make, uh, which wasn't much, like we said, but it was more than anybody in his family made. Um, he did share to all the, you know, you know how it is when you've got a big family and you get a little bit of money. I mean, they you know come around and they want some. So, uh, you know, he took care of them and, you know, he ended up, I don't think Scott is doing so hot financially himself now. Um, but you know, like you said, I agree with you, man. You can't take that out. You're taking that out on the wrong people. If you're trying to come at, um, the one guy that made you, I mean, you could have had that situation and nobody would give a damn because you didn't win six championships <laughs> in seven years. With Scotty too is like, he had a shoe. He's, he's had other yeah. like business ventures, right? Like he, uh, more recently came out with like a bottle 
and he's got, you know, he's he's he got the book now. So like, it's there's like a lot of things that he's like dabbled to now later in his career. But it's like, you know, you could have easily done that yourself. So who knows? Like, obviously, there's other things that distract you from getting involved in that when you're in the league. Um, obviously, like you said, um, coming from where he's where he's come from, which is a lot of like the scenario a lot of guys find themselves in is once they start making that money, then you have people coming at you left and right, like, oh, I want this or I want that. And I feel like ultimately some of these guys that find themselves in that scenario, they've never seen that type of money before. And they buy this and buy that when right. you can invest into certain things that will Look um, at you, James Harden, man, out there at the strip clubs, balling out, man. Come on, yeah. <laughs> now, which kind of ties into what we're talking about, like financially and stuff. I like how some of these guys are thinking outside the box where, um, you know, like a Spencer Dinwiddie, he wants his money in, uh, in like cryptocurrency, right? Yeah, like he wants right. part of his, his salary in that, right? Or like guys are spending their endorsement money versus their salary. Right. So, you know, and I feel like a lot of these these stories, like with Scotty and a couple other guys that have kind of gone broke, um, even like in Chicago, with like Antoine Walker, his oh, stories. Yeah. He fell hard. <laughs> so it's like those are things where ultimately you decided to mismanage your money. And obviously, like the Bulls and Scotty situation, like Reinsdorf and and and, and curse, like, you know, and John Krause didn't didn't give him what he was just his just due. So you can't you can't have that gripe with Jordan. Like Jordan didn't decide, oh, we're gonna give Scotty forty mil or yeah, forty mil for like ten years or whatever the contract was, right. which like is insane. Like that's yeah. nothing. Giving them like what, like four or five mil a year and, and saying here, like that's enough for a top level guy. It's not enough. So I get I get all that, but that's not the fight that you should have with Michael. If it's if it's a jealousy thing because. Your your business ventures didn't succeed the way he did, yep. or you get the spotlight, then that's like something that you should handle within yourself because mm-hmm. you're you're well into your fifties, sixties, however old Scotty is. Like yeah. it seems like you're you're being dramatic at this point. Yeah, he's uh he's just tarnishing his, his legacy, man. He's fifty six. Um, and I actually just looked up five year, eighteen million. So you were pretty close because you said uh, yeah, you were pretty close there, but. Yeah, that's, that's just that's nothing, man. Five, that's that's like what a role player gets paid now. Not even that role players get paid more. Than role that. players like, <laughs> but Chandler you got to able to yeah. leave the league, and he he got paid when when the salary cap went up, and he was making like twenty mil a year. That's Chandler, Chandler Parsons, like Scottie yeah. Pippen make 20 mil a year so these people i mean yeah no look i mean the the league has done a great job and they've done a fantastic job getting better at this stuff helping guys understand how not to go broke after they retire um they've done a fantastic job doing that because these guys like you said dinwiddie and all that like they they know how to put their money into things that make money which is what you should do when you have wealth guys if you're out there listening go do that you got some extra money put it somewhere where it's going to generate more wealth because that's the only way to get out of you know, where your situation where you're at so um squirrel it away man you know do, do what you gotta do but uh no so i think they've done, they've done a great job with that um scotty missed the mark there but he should be happy for these guys now that are getting it and like you said he's still got avenues to make money he can write books he's got a you know, he's got all these products people he's still a celebrity you've still got ways to go out there and get that money so i don't know this guy's this guy's just making me go crazy but no let's move on to some happy stuff happy bull stuff man let's talk about the the bulls now uh, what are we six and two? We're sort of hot, man. Let me just give me some general thoughts about them, Bulls, man. How how you feeling about them? 
though I will say that um we're we're like obviously relevant still mm-hmm. early in the season, but uh I like our uh the way the team is orchestrated and kind of was put together. Um it's been a long time coming. Obviously you know being mm-hmm. a Bulls fan, this is a long time coming. Oh, yeah. I, uh the biggest even more so like than than the Rosen coming here, but I think the biggest piece for for me personally was uh, getting uh, was getting uh, Lonzo Ball because we were we were struggling since Derrick Rose to get a legitimate point guard. Yeah, uh, Chris Chris Dunn wasn't cutting it. No, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like Chris Chris Dunn wasn't cutting it. And he's out of the league now, basically. I don't think he's even going to be playing this next season. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, exactly. Like you, you know how I feel about that, and sentiment. Yeah. I'm assuming, but uh, yeah, Chris Dunn was just not cutting it. Um, obviously, Kobe White is more of a two guard right. than a point guard, and um, yeah, like Lonzo, like we we got him at the right time because I feel like he's still he's still young. He's, mm-hmm. He still hasn't even hit his prime, mm-hmm. and signing trade that we were able to. To maneuver to to bring him to Chicago was just was just insane. Like I thought we were gonna have to give up uh, multiple first round picks. Right. Yeah. That was a great deal. Yeah. Was, we got it. Great deal. Yeah. For sure. But um, ultimately, yeah, man, I've been pleasantly surprised. Honestly, I I have like the last five five years I haven't really been watching Bulls games because they haven't been that entertaining. Yeah. Now, <laughs> we have a Lob City basically in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like all these crazy athletic guys with. With, with Ball, uh, Alex Caruso, who was a super right. rated signing. I'm pretty yeah. sure the Lakers are kicking themselves in the butt. Oh, they sure. don't have- <laughs> um, DeMar DeRozan, even at the, the prime age of 32, 33 years old, he's he's, he's still balling, got back. He's you know? Yeah, yeah he's, he's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then Zach Levine, I mean, that guy... Honestly, I didn't I didn't expect him to work on his craft the way he did. Oh yeah. He's he's definitely taking the role as a leader, yeah. and I respect him more because obviously before it was basically just this guy has crazy athleticism. Uh, he could jump over everyone, and now it's like he's a full-on leader. Um, sometimes I want to. How'd you feel about that when they traded um, Jimmy Butler for for Zach Levine? Basically, those are the two key pieces. That how'd you feel about that when that happened? Well, obviously, I I don't think we were rightly compensated, and obviously Minnesota kind of felt the same way. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that we got we honestly got lucky that Zach ended up becoming the player that he is now. And uh even even there was there was a time where a lot of people questioned did we necessarily need to uh match the Sacramento Kings offer when he was restricted free agent he ended right. up match offer and got a bargain on him honestly because yeah. Uh, he he deserves way more money than he's. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna get the max. He's gonna get the max as soon as as soon as if it's not us, which I hope it is, I'm, I'm sure we will. But he's gonna get the max. But no, man, I I was looking at these. Um, I was looking at the ages, and I was looking at these contracts. And we've got Lonzo on a contract. I think it's three or four years. We got Zach. Obviously, he's got one more year, and then we got to extend him this season, or, or potentially probably next off season is probably what's gonna happen. Um, Demar's obviously older. Vooch is older, but those guys are on uh, – DeMars is a three-year deal. Vooch has two more years on his deal. So those guys, they're going to be off the books here in, like, 2023, 20, 2024. I think that's when I'm thinking, like, 
If you got Zach under Max, you got Lonzo, <clears throat> perhaps you got Kobe White. I don't know if he's going to be around anymore, but you got these, and you got Patrick Williams, obviously, who's still on his rookie scale deal. I think you're going to have to extend him before that, that happens, but you're going to get him pretty cheap now because he's had a pretty rough go as far as yeah, injuries how do you go. Feel, how do you feel about Patrick Williams? I wanted to ask you that. No, you- I, do, I do. I like him. I like him. I think he's going to be a stud. I think um, – Right now, I mean, if you look at like somebody like a Scotty Barnes, that's kind of the same, you know, kind of kind of player that we were hoping for. Scotty Barnes is a much better offensive player, though, so I don't think he's going to be like a world changer. But I do like him in that role, uh, in the role that he had, which is basically just playing defense on anybody one through five on the other team, and then you know knocking down the jumper when it's open, man. And uh, he was a little hesitant this year uh, season. I felt like to shoot that ball, so I didn't like what I saw out of him this season so far, but. At the same time, I just think that potential is there for him to be really just, just you know, a three and D type player and a really good one, a really elite one. So, um, so I do like him for this team, but uh, you know, him being injured obviously that hurts with his development. I'm I'm pretty sad about that. Um, I'm, I'm thinking Javante Green is going to step up and, and play pretty well for us. I'm I'm hoping we're going to be looking for another forward, honestly, some size. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe by the trade deadline you're going to see like. Uh, it's not going to be Aaron Gordon, but like an Aaron Gordon type, like somebody who might have kind of a bloated contract. But um, and he, uh, Aaron Gordon just signed that extension, so probably it's not him. But somebody like that who has like a, a one or two years left on their deal that's on a team that's not doing so hot. <laughs> what do honestly, you think? Honestly, like I wish they would have uh, they would have kept Thaddeus Young because I really like. Yeah, him. I wish we could have kept him. Yeah, I, I really think that he would have been nice with this team. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. Especially because he he could do everything. He could score, mm-hmm. rebound, assist. So he would have been really nice. He guards one through five too, because that yeah, guy he's got perimeter defense. He's, he's got not even quick playing feet. with San Antonio right now. No, he's, he's not. Like, yeah, I feel like we could definitely pick him up. Like if it was possible, I feel like we could get him back somehow. Um, but uh, another would you guy- do, would you do a Kobe White for for uh, for Thaddeus Young trade? Yes, I would. <laughs> okay, but, hey, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, I, I probably would. I probably would. Uh, I mean. I, don't, I wouldn't do it right now. Here's what I'll say about it. I wouldn't do it right now, but I would do it later, like at the trade deadline. If, if we're looking like we're like a, we're going to hit 45, 50 wins, which we probably will. But as long as that's happening at the trade deadline, then yeah, I would do it. Cause that's going to take you from, you know, a B team or whatever to an A minus team. You know what I mean? So I would do it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the glaring uh, weakness right now is just a lack of depth at the bigs position. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind Tony Bradley playing like 15 minutes a night, but um, obviously like Javante Green is not going to be our starting power forward. No, I don't think he can be. Not 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 going to the playoffs and, and all that. I mean, yeah. I like the guy. I think he's got a, a high motor. I think he does bring some things to the table that do fit that spot. I think he's a serviceable guy, but I just don't think he, he's not the guy that's going to take you. No, I think he's he's gonna and I think he's gonna play well. Um, obviously, like in spurts where like he can, he, like you said, he has that high motor, uh, bring him off the bench, play him either at the three or the four. Um, I'm glad that uh, that uh, Derek Jones is finally getting some minutes because he's another high motor guy. Uh, obviously, has started uh, in his career in the league. You know, last last year he was with Portland starting next to Dame and CJ. So he has experience. Um, and I, And I like the vets that they brought in. But ultimately, yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of already out on uh, Kobe White at this point. Okay. I feel, um, you know, we already moved on from Laurie Markkinen, and I feel like Kobe White is kind of in a similar situation where I think this is the best that he's gonna be, honestly, 
and and the way that uh, Caruso has looked, obviously the way that Lonzo Ball has looked, I feel like why why take minutes away from those guys when Kobe White has been very you know inconsistent in a, in a greater opportunity? Like he had crazy minutes before. Yeah, he and, did. And, and he that, had he had every chance in the world. He didn't do great. He he didn't do great. But here's the thing: I didn't do great in the role that he was given because he can't be a starting. His ball security is freaking shit. I, I I can't I can't get over it, man. That guy like he could not he couldn't handle any kind of pressure on his on his ball handling. So, um, but I do think I do honestly think the second unit if we do end up keeping him, I would be okay trading him for someone like Thaddeus Young. But I do think if we end up keeping him, he his offense is going to be huge in that second second tier uh, second group role because they really need somebody to come out there and score. But hey, man, how do you feel about Io Dosumo? This guy, uh, and that's the first time I said his full name on a podcast. I'm so happy I just nailed it. I got it up here. Desumo, got it. Boom. Uh, Io, Io. That's what I say every time he scores, man, because uh, he looks impressive, man. This guy looks um, years ahead of where he should be. I'm, he fell to 38th in the draft, man. How do you how do you feel about this guy? He was a steal, um, honestly. Like, and it's not just to be a homer. Um, I obviously keep up with uh, college basketball as well, so I was very impressed with his. Uh, his time at U of I and uh, thought it was a steal to get him in the second round. Yeah. Um, guy just, he's not great at one particular thing, but he's good at everything. And I'm glad that Billy Donovan has been able to throw him in the rotation, giving him minutes, uh, allowing him to, to gain some confidence and get some, some, some key opportunities and experience out on, on the court with, with the guys that we've talked about already. And, um, yeah, I think he's he's been a steal, man. I, I like what I've seen from him so far. And, uh, you know, who who knows what he ends up becoming. But yeah. uh, right now, I mean, for a guy who was drafted in the second round, getting the minutes that he's getting, he's definitely taking advantage of that. So I want to say I, was, I want to say I see him like a Tyrese Maxey from last season. But honestly, he plays way better defense than Tyrese Maxey does. No, he does. He's just he's a different player. He's a different player. He's, he's athletic as hell, man. I, I love this guy's activity on the defensive side of the ball. And that's something I mean. Um, as a 5'8 white guy, you know, that's something I, I obviously value because that's something I brought to the game, obviously. But uh, but no, man, he, and he, I mean, on the offensive side, too, though, he's got those flashes where it's just like, wow, he actually pulled off that move. Like he he had that pressure on him, but he's hitting this, you know, floater heading away from the basket, you know, to the side of the of the backboard. Like he's got, got skill. Yeah, he's got juice. And I and I like that, uh, you know, even though there's a lot of other rookies getting um, you know, big notoriety notoriety in the league mm. right now. But I feel like, obviously, the Chicago Bulls fans and a lot of, like, people that have kept up with Io and his career so far, uh, both collegially and, and in the NBA so far, um, appreciate what he's doing so far with the Bulls. I mean, it was just, like, it's, it's picture perfect. Like, you don't, I don't think he expected it to, to fall to the Bulls. But once he was still there, I kind of felt like, yeah, we have to, we have yeah. to go out. Like, he has to be the third he could potentially be the third guard in the in the lineup. Um, Billy Donovan is knowing is known for for having three guards in the lineup. So you kind of felt like I I at least felt like he could definitely see some time out there, and uh, probably has seen a little more time because Kobe White's out. But he's he's definitely taking advantage of the opportunity so far. Yeah, definitely. He's part of the um, and we'll talk a little bit about about their defense. I mean, they're fifth in defensive rating. Fifth and fewest points given up to the other team. Eighth and steals. Sixth and blocks. Um, this team's just crushing on the defensive side. Any any kind of advanced metric you can think of on the defensive side, they're basically in the top five. Uh, and I know Trey Trey's not with us today, but Trey and I were both on on top of this defense for this Bulls team because we both saw it. 
Uh, I know people had their questions, you know, DeMar DeRozan, he's an under under average defender. Uh, uh, Nikola Vucevic, not so not so great a defender sometimes. Uh, and you see it sometimes also in the game when he closes out on people, especially it's like, dude, what are you doing? But uh, but no, even besides those, I mean, what we what what Trey and I think latched on to that we were right about is that the defense in the NBA is it's more about the whole. It's not necessarily about the individual pieces. The whole is what gets there. Obviously, Donovan, Billy Donovan deserves some credit. I've got a little unit play on him actually in real life to win coach of the year because uh, I'm a homer and I because I want to see it happen because I think the Bulls are going to be better than they, than people thought they were going to be in the preseason. But uh, but no, man, I mean, like this this team, I mean, here's my question for you. Do you think it's real? Do you think these are these results are inflated? Do you think it's just something that's going to stick? What are you seeing on the defensive side from, from the Bulls? Well, I think um... – there might there might eventually be some regression because um, obviously Patrick Williams was one of the the key cogs on the defensive side, and um, yeah, not, true. It doesn't really show on the stat sheet what he does, but there's like little things that you see that he does out there with switches and kind of um, contesting shots that right now we don't have a guy that 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 build that can kind of step in. Um, obviously, like Lonzo already had. Lonzo and Caruso had defensive pedigree, I think, um, you know, and, and they're obviously doing a lot better than what I expected. Like when Lonzo's blocking like power forwards and being able to like guard guys in the paint, I'm just like, man, like this is this is everything that they thought Chris Dunn was going to be. Right. That never happened. Right. So um, I think eventually they might numbers might start coming down. Yeah. But I also feel ultimately the offensive side is in a step up, um, you know, yeah. break out offensively. I think he's in a little rut right now because, you know, he's, he, this is the first time he's playing with like a couple other all-stars, just like yeah. that. Um, the Rosen's had this, you know, experience before you can yeah. say uh, Lonzo's had this experience. So those guys have kind of just, they, they know what it is, but I think Vooch uh, eventually on the offensive side steps it up. So like, everything kind of balances out. So, like, we might lose some of those key metrics on defense, mm -hmm. but offensively is when – and that's when we were – that's what we thought going into the season. Yeah. That was going to be our, our big um, stepping stone was, like, we have a DeRozan, we have, um, you know, Zach Levine, we have Ball, we have guys that can create on their own and get their own shots. And yeah. right now, these guys aren't hitting their, their normal numbers, right, especially, like, Booch. So oh, yeah. he's yeah. he's struggling 38.9 percent shooting in the season, which is just I mean, he's missing so many bunnies, too. He's getting good shots. Um, they're yeah, just like, they're going to fall at some point. Yeah, and, and like, man, I hate to say it, but I hope this guy's not the new boozer. He's not going to be. I had a friend tell me that he's yeah. like, this is a new boozer. But like, no, nah, like, Vooch is better than boozer. Like, Vooch isn't afraid to go draw contact from the defender. Um, he's not afraid to play a little defense at least. Like, no, nah, he's he's better than Boozer. Don't, don't get out of here with that Boozer comparison. But I do see it a little bit because what he's talking about was basically like, you know, every time you think it's like, oh, this is a moment in the game where we can either bury this team or turn this around, Mooch is missing shots right now. And that's that's tough, man. That's that's real tough, especially from a guy that's getting, um, you know, 14 shots a game. Um, that's obviously down from last season or any previous season. He's just – he's still on a roll right now. I think he is still feeling that out, like you said. So I think that was a good point. That's a really excellent point about DeMar DeRozan, how he actually has that experience with – stars already um i didn't even think about that but that could be a reason that he's really excelling right now and i think we'll see zach and we'll see vooch kind of catch up to that um as the season comes on you know goes on i think that the offense will be better um down the way down the stretch I, i'm still hanging on to that i think it's going to be 
Uh, I don't know. Where do you think they end up in, in points per game? Do you think they end up in the top uh, 10, top what, top 15? Where, where do you think they end up? I think they end up in the top 10. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit about what they could potentially do um, going into the second half of the season, making some trades. I think they will be active. Obviously, they were active last season when no one thought they were going to be active, and they made the big splash to get Vooch. Um, but I think they end up in the top 10 at least in, in – uh, in the league and offensively. And then, you know, could potentially, if they, if they bring in like a Thaddeus Young or even, I didn't mention him earlier, but maybe a Chris Boucher and that's kind of wishful oh, thinking. Yeah. I would love that. That. Yeah. <laughs> that. that would be nice. Like, I feel like it kind of. That wouldn't uh, make our defense better though. His defense is pretty bad, honestly. <laughs> His defense is not good. Like, I think he could guard at the rim. Like, I think. He's got he he can he can protect the rim. He's got he's got he's got shot blocking potential. And like we said, you know, it's it's more about the hole. Uh, and obviously, Vooch isn't necessarily the best rim protector, so I think it could work. Um, but there's some there's some. So I'm watching Raptors games every now and then. I've actually I've watched Raptors quite a bit. And there's some moments where it's just like, dude, like what? Like it's not as bad as Russell Westbrook just leaving yeah. Lou Dort. But <laughs> yeah, no, he. Uh, but like the thing with Boucher is like, I mean, I don't know how anyone can have like a, a like get in a game flow when your minutes are so up. Yeah, there, that's true. Right. That's true. And I feel like we, we talked a little bit about this, about like going to a different team and kind of having a, a, a known role on the team. And, you know, I feel like you bring anybody that can obviously shot block against Vooch, it kind of uh, kind of like kind of blocks those uh, those deficiencies on defense that he has. So a guy like that, I mean, Thaddeus Young, though, like he he's already played with the Bulls and he's played yeah. with these guys. So like. I think he would he would be perfect to bring back, but we'll see what happens. Hey guys out there, join the two million men worldwide who just who trust wow Manscaped to keep their front and back court polished all year long. Trim with their lawnmower 4.0, which is included in the performance four package 4.0, and watch the hair fade away. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Hoopball20. That's Hoopball20. At manscaped.com. But no, man, I, you got a little bit of time left in the show, man. I do want to hit this with you. Just a little bit of Gambler 101 with Jonathan, my man. Uh, obviously, I'm relatively new to this. You're about, I think, even maybe even newer than me. So I'm a little embarrassed because you're doing better than me this season. But it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to catch up to you now. Uh, <laughs> no, it's all good. But I do want to, you know, just, just take me through. Take me through your method. How do you pick and choose which props you're going to even look at? I mean, I, you can't spend 10 hours a day researching unless you're unemployed. I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you aren't. Maybe this is what you do for a living. But uh, for me, I've got, you know, I've got a kid I watch. I got a part-time job. So I spend maybe two or three, four hours looking, looking at this stuff. Um, but, you know, t- take me through. How do you how do you decide what you're going to attack, what you're going to look at, and all that good stuff? So for me, I like to uh... – you know, I the day the day before, kind of similar to kind of what you do, um, putting plays on the Discord. I kind of look at the the board as a whole. Um, I don't get caught up in like one particular matchup because I feel like every day there's always some sort of value, whether it be like a spread, uh, money lines, and then in particular for me, uh, you know, props. Mm. So there's there's times where it's like I either write down on my phone or that when I see that pick, I'm like, I'm locked on it. And then I kind of like look at, you know, previous uh, game logs, um, stats like that. Uh, Look at last season uh, production against a certain team. So uh, things like that, 
Uh, I try not to, like I said, I try not to get up, get caught up in one particular like game because there's so many games going on and you can miss certain things. Um, there's even times where honestly, like I'm on a, I'm on a pick and maybe that day it doesn't hit, but then the next game comes out and the guy hits, you know? So I'm like, sometimes I, I want to definitely do that more often. Cause it, like, like you talked about with baseball and the home run props, that was definitely happening quite often where it's like, mm-hmm. I would somebody to hit a home run and then the next day out, they go ahead and hit it. But it's literally just searching up numbers. Um, I'm a really big, big on the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even times on Twitter where I'll search up a guy and um, there's like stuff that I don't find that maybe somebody tweets out mm-hmm. or on the discord. Like if maybe you're on a play, which we've been kind of in sync on some plays this week. Yeah. Um, so it kind of gives me that added assurance. Like, yeah, um, I could either play it at the number that's set at or play it a little up more, uh, which I like to do as well. Like if it's at 18 and a half or 17 and a half, I might take the gamble and play it at 20, uh, especially if a guy's averaging like 20 points a game or whatever type of prop it is. So stuff like that. Um, and, and like I said, I try to get the plus money as much as possible. But right now, um, yeah. I'm playing it safe. I haven't really given out anything crazy uh-huh. except for today on the Discord, which I should have put on the wager pass. Uh-huh. <laughs> I gave out the double-double parlay. Yeah. It hit. I'm watching the game right now, the Kings and the Hornets. There you go. So, yeah, I, I ended up hitting on that. It was like at plus three-something. So I kind of wish I would have put it on the Discord instead of – I mean on the wager pass instead of just on the Discord. But some of the guys tailed it. So I'm yeah. kind of – at a hit, so yeah. uh, Charlotte's getting. I'm actually looking right now too because uh, I've got Charlotte to plus 1.5. They're getting crushed. Yeah, they're getting uh, 16 right. points. No, it's all. I mean, it's it's doable. It's doable. Come on, baby, let's go. We got this. You gotta stay optimistic. Hey, Sacramento is is known to give up some big leads, and they were talking yeah. about it before the game started. How last season when they played against each other, um, I think like the Kings were up like 20 something points, and then Malik Monk ended up getting like an and one, and they ended up winning that game last season. So I mean the Hornets they could get back into it, but that's that's being optimistic at this point. <laughs> that, is being, that is being optimistic, man. It's all it's all good. Uh man, it's all good, man. It's all right. We have good days, we have bad days. You know, I'm actually up in real life because uh like you said, you know, I play a lot of stuff um that I don't put on the wager pass that's kinda like I wouldn't call it it's not crazy, it's controlled crazy, right? It's like you like yeah. the odds. Um, you play three, four, five, six, even up to eight leg parlays sometimes. I do um, yeah. for a half unit. And you, you only have to hit like you know one of those every couple of weeks to really be plus in the money. Uh, I know that a lot of gamblers out there don't like that. It's minus uh, plus EV, whatever, whatever, they, whatever the terminology is. It's not it's not good. It's it's not something that's going to be in the long run, something that pays off. But I'm actually I'm pretty successful in it. I, I you know, every every season I seem to hit these things. Um and it's not, like I said, it's not something crazy. It's like something where you can actually cobble together things that are, you know, generally pretty, pretty easy to hit, right? And you can actually, uh, especially with my book's prop build, you can actually, you know, dial things down. So instead of like taking the over under at 10 rebounds, you can put like eight rebounds or something like that, you know? Um, so, you know, that, I do throw those out. I don't throw them out every day. I don't, ha- I do have a, a parlay on three a game outcomes today that's not going to hit, but, um, but I don't throw those out every day, but I do throw them out, I would say maybe once every, I don't know, three or four days probably. And I do hit them at a pretty good rate. Is that something you do as well? Is do you do you put together a lot of parlays or or are you just generally um looking for the plus sides single play stuff? No, I like I love parlays until mm-hmm. fault sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh 
right now. Like, I've hit a few, but uh, definitely been, like, one or two legs off uh, out of some big plays. And uh, I last week, I was a uh, rebound short with Bam, and it was, like, a four-leg parlay. It was, like, 20 oh, yeah. win, like, 400. And then uh, this week, uh, I was a rebound short with Tyler Hero on, like, a six-leg at, like, plus 600, 700. But, uh, yeah, like you said, man, you hit one of those every week, you know, or a few times. It's just, like, you yeah. know, if you're not doing well on the wager pass, which I play my plays as well. So, like, if people are kind of just like, well, these guys just throw out their plays and kind of. Oh, no, I play them. Yeah, we play them. Uh, I yeah. play them myself, yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the thing and it, I love, and the thing is, like, a lot of, I think a lot of this and what people play in the wager pass uh, and latch on to is has to do with timing. Like, for me. Um, the way my schedule works, like I'd love to jump on your plays or even like um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, oh, shoot. This is going to be bad. Richie, I think his name, Richie Campbell, the power bet sports. Yeah. yeah, he just comes in so late. And like at that and like and I have a rule that I only put out basically like four or five plays a day. So if I've got four plays myself and like someone puts something I like, I don't I don't write it because I don't want to have that exposure to lose that much of my. Um, and that's just my rules. If you guys if you guys are out there gambling and, and using your own bankroll you got to have some kind of rules uh that's the only way you're going to make any kind of sense out of all this you got to have some kind of rules you got to know what your results are you got to track that stuff um but yeah that's what i do man i i only have maybe about four plays out there and then maybe i'll throw a parlay out there like i said every three or four days and it's only a half unit so at most i'm betting like you know five and a half units um so like you'll you'll post something that i'm like oh man that looks so good, but I can't. I can't do it because I got already. I'm already at maximum exposure. I don't want to do that, or especially uh, Richie because he posts so late. He posts like when games are basically started. I'm like, dude, I'm already maxed out for the day. Like I can't do this. But, um, but I think a lot of that has to do with that. And um, so you know, that's this is kind of my thinking about it. But um, no, yeah, we're talking about this plus 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 odds play stuff. One of the things I learned from last season, I was taking a lot of like minus 120, minus 130 plays. And uh, that's okay. I mean, that stuff, you know, probably has a good chance to hit. But the thing is, when you miss that, like you have to have just such a higher percentage of win win percentage playing those plays as opposed to when you're playing, um, you know, plus 100 or better. Because uh, you you have to hit, um, if it's minus 110, I think it is, uh, or minus up to minus 110, if you're playing those regularly, I think it's something like you have to hit like 55% or better to, to basically turn a profit. So if you're playing minus 120, minus 130, you have to hit like basically 60, 65 percent. And that's just that's just asking too much from somebody. I mean, these lines are sharp, man. These people have info that we don't have access to. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on playing those plus odd stuff. And I think that's a lot of that has to do with also psychology. Like a lot of times the odds makers think, you know, hey, if we make this entirely like uh, Patrick Williams at one point hitting two three pointers, I played this. He was at plus 500 odds to hit two three-pointers. And this is Patrick Williams against the Knicks. And the Knicks give up a three-ball. Patrick Williams, we know his role in the offense is to basically spot up and shoot that three-ball. So I'm like, it didn't hit. But it's still, it's still a good bet, in my opinion, just because you we, we, you win five units if you hit it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I said that's good logic, though, because, like you said, he's a he's basically on offense just like a, a catch-and-shoot guy and, uh, you know, sometimes might make a make – a, shot off the dribble or something but that's rarely like he's usually yeah dude and spotting up so no you had you had a good logic behind that bet um mm-hmm. uh, especially at five plus 500 i mean yeah why not why not throw something on there 
Yeah, when you see, yeah, exactly. When you see something crazy like that, like, and I did put that in the wager pass because I'm like, you know, screw it, man. I mean, I'm not trying to put too much like huge plus out stuff in there, but I, you know, when like if I'm playing it, I want to put it out there for people. So uh, I did put out there like the giddy play, which is like plus 300. He, he failed me miserably. Uh, he needed to hit three, two three pointers. That dude didn't hit a single three pointer. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's another one out there. Uh, oh, it was it was Russell Westbrook with the triple double, which I didn't think actually was that big, that freaking. Uh, long shots of the play is like plus 230 for him to get a triple double 10 points 10 rebounds 10 assists but um that that didn't turn out the way i wanted it to turn out but no uh, uh yeah, it's a long season it's a long season you know what we're gonna turn this i'm gonna turn this around i'm gonna be two and three today that's that's so sad but it's okay uh no anything else you want to say about like what you do to you know you know what let me let me ask you this which props do you find are most reliable do you just like stick to points rebounds assists like what what do you find yourself, you know, gravitating towards as far as like certain, um, certain stats? So, I haven't really showcased this until today. The double double prop, and the only reason why I don't throw it out there is because my bookie doesn't have it unless you mm-hmm. like obviously do what you did was like right. 10, ten and ten. Um, I love double double props, especially when you can get plus money on guys that have been doing it all season or at least this year it's you know still relatively new so um i've had i've already hit on like a couple that were like plus i hit on uh precious achua like two weeks ago uh at plus 400 and then i had one for evan mobley i was able to find it at plus 600 on barstool sportsbook so i really like double double props like i uh even last season uh during the playoffs when i first got on onto uh on the on the gambling side um i gave out uh vika Subox. Zubac right. was like double double during the playoffs mm. and, uh, it was like at plus like 400 or something during the playoffs and i threw it on the discord ended up hitting and uh yeah i really like double double props uh depending on the matchups um i really like to like i talked about earlier playing up some some play uh some totals for uh points so uh, I've done that a few times, like the Dejounte Murray going up to twenty because his prop mm-hmm. is usually around sixteen to seventeen and a half. Yeah. So I play it up to twenty when it's like at plus. It'll, it depends on the night, but you get it at like plus one twenty, plus one thirty sometimes. So usually the play the the points props and then the double double props are kind of my niche so far. I would say. Well, Jonathan's been on fire, y'all. If you, if you don't have the wager pass, go out there and get it, guys and girls. If you like our calls, if you like what we're talking about here, go access that wager pass right now. The Hoopball 360 per subscription is just $19.99 a month. It's an absolute steal. Um, it's the ultimate Hoopball experience for the fan of way to everything. Yes, I mean everything, guys. Hoopball 360 subscription includes our Fantasy Pass, Wager Pass, and DFS Pass, which um, I contribute to two of those. Jonathan definitely does the, D- the Wager Pass. I don't think you do. Do you contribute to the DFS? No, you don't. No, um, yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Some, someday, I, I yeah. I appreciate that stuff. I do I, free tournaments. Oh, actually, I got to check that today. I think I, oh, I'm fifth out of 14. Dang, I was doing so well earlier. Okay. It's all good, man. It's all good. It's all good. There's always tomorrow. That's the great thing about this uh, profession, we'll call it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go out there and get it, guys. But hey, speaking of uh, speaking of that, let's go ahead and do our BSBP locks. Obviously, my guy Trey's not here. I would have had him start off. But hey, Mr. Jonathan, do you have any plays for us tomorrow? I know we don't have a lot of player props out there right now, so maybe not. But um, did you see anything you liked out there as far as the lines go? I will do this because we are on here and we're we're the we're the Chicago Bulls uh, <laughs> fans. So I will I will take the Bulls on the spread at minus three and a half. 
yeah. home against the Sixers. Um, I was looking at that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I think uh, I'm looking at uh, the Action Sports, uh, the Action Network uh, website right now. Right. Uh, some places have it at three and a half. Uh, so, uh, FanDuel, I guess, right now has it at minus three. So I probably locked that in tonight mm-hmm. with some other stuff. But uh, I think, yeah, the Bulls at home with that home crowd, mm-hmm. uh, obviously just played the Sixers in Philly. A uh, little revenge factor there. Um, came back in the fourth quarter. And I think uh, at this point, because they are gain- gaining some more experience together on the court and uh, have a few comebacks so far, even though it hasn't resulted into to wins every time on the resume this season, I think that uh, just having that familiarity with the with the Sixers, um, as we were on, I got an update about uh, Matisse Thybul being out. Oh, okay. Safety. So, safety protocols. So I feel like with him out, um, that's one less defender we have to worry about. So, uh, yeah, I'll take the Bulls at minus three and a half or minus three, wherever uh, you get your sports yeah. bets in. So I'll, yeah. I'll lock that in for, for the show. For the show, yeah. Yes. No, I, I'm going I'm to go ahead and ride that, man, just because uh, why not? I'm yeah. watching you, so it's no big deal. So I'm going to ride that also. I'm, I'm putting it down right now. Um, got to do some calculations here to see what I'm doing here. 780. There you go. What's my what's my uh, unit at right now? There we go. Okay, so I'm locking that in. Also minus three and a half. I like it. Um, I'm not going to lock it in on the show. On the show, I'm actually I've got two players for you guys out there. Um, I have to pull up the wager pass because I didn't put it in my email. That's where I usually look. Okay, here we go. I've got two two plays for you guys. I've got the Atlanta Phoenix uh, game tomorrow. The Hawks and the Suns under 222 total. That was at minus 115 odds. Actually, it was actually minus uh, or 221.5 in several places. Um, so it is trending downwards. This is just this is still riding that trend we're seeing, guys, where people are just betting that under because of the new rules, because of the the, the way that teams can play defense now. Um, that under is just it's hot right now. People are just kind of betting unders on every single game. It seems like um, and and you know mostly winning. So uh, I'm gonna ride that here. Uh, Suns haven't been so the season on the defensive end, but they're beginning to turn it around. Um, they're seventh in defensive rating over the last week. The Hawks might have played without John Collins, but Clint Capella is still the defensive anchor. He's a anchor. He's going to be there. Um, they struggled on defense to start the season. This is the Hawks, but I have faith they're going to turn it around. And the Suns have honestly struggled on the offensive side. They're just 17th in offensive rating this year. So, um, so I do like the under there in the uh, Hawks and Suns game. And then I also like the under in the Nuggets in the Rockets game. This is me again riding this trend. But I actually like this one a little bit better, to be honest with you guys. Under 217 is the game total there. Minus 110, 1.1 unit to win one unit. Blow potentials there, which is going to be huge for us if that does happen. If it doesn't happen, though, it's still this is a clash of two play styles. Uh, what I liked when I looked at the numbers was that the Nuggets, they, they haven't played a single game uh, this season with the pace over 101.3. The Rockets have played six of their eight games above that pace. So the Rockets are trying to push the pace. It's not it's no surprise. They're a young team. They try to get out and run. Um, the Nuggets are the antithesis of that. They want to slow it down. They want to play in the half court with Jokic, who has superior passing ability, who can just score at will pretty much or, or dish it to his teammates. When the Rockets have been slowed down and, and played at a place below 104, here's their totals for game, for the game. 85, 
106, 91, and 97. Um, if the total is going to be 217, I, I love it there. Uh, point blank, they just they want to get out and run. They're not going to be able to. The Lakers failed me when I played the under there. But the Nuggets, they're, they're going to be the grown-up in the room here. They're going to take control of the pace of this game, I think. Um, the Nuggets haven't even scored over 110 in a game this season, so um, the Rockets would have to hit 107. And as we just heard, they, when the pace was a little bit slower, they did not hit that a single time. So I actually love this play. 1.1 unit to win one unit on the Houston and Nuggets under. So that's our BSPP locks, guys. We've got three of them for you. Um, hope those hit. Actually, I oh yeah, I, no. I have I have two more. So two we got more. five locks. I wanted I wanted to make sure I at least threw not just one pick, but a, a couple more picks out there that I just found. Um, if that's cool with you, I, yeah, I'll be real quick it. with them. Yeah. So uh, you got the Celtics and the Mavericks uh, going against each other. I'm actually going to take Boston at plus five uh, at minus one ten. So um, I don't I don't this is one thing I should do more often on the wager pass is put the units on because I the way I do it, I just play whatever it is. So like minus 110, I'll just put one uh, one and one and uh, 10. So 100, 110. Uh, mm -hmm. So one in point one unit on there to come out to one hundred dollars if I hit. So I'll do that for this one. So Celtics plus five. And then I'm also going to give out a player prop as well that oh. um, I'll give a preview on here and then uh, give it out tomorrow, potentially on the on the uh, wager pass as well. Love so it. I'm looking at Al Horford on his assist prop uh, over three and a half. They have it marked as at plus 140. So if I could find that number mm. for, for Horford uh, to get four assists, uh, that would be nice. But if you could find it at like, even plus 110 or plus 100, I feel like that's still a solid value for Horford. Um, obviously, he's kind of, I don't know if you've been watching Celtics games or not or keeping up with him, but he's looked good since he's gone back to Boston. Um, yeah. He's been able to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, he looks rejuvenated, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually, Jason Tatum's going to get it going offensively. Um, you know, even even oh, Jalen yeah. Brown. Jalen Brown's been a little inconsistent, but um, you know, I think Horford's just a he's a good passing big. And uh if you get him at like four assists or three assists a night, um, especially on a player prop for this, if I could find it at plus one forty, I think it's pretty much a lock to get yeah, four yeah. assists. So uh yeah, Al Horford over three and a half assists at potentially one forty or um a little lower than that. But if you could find that plus money. I think that's a lock as well. I love it. I can't believe they're giving uh, plus five for the, the Celtics, too. I love that, too. I actually like them to win this game. Uh, I wonder what the money line's going to open out there for the for the ads. I don't know if you can see that. but It's at um, plus 170 currently. Mm, that's yeah. <laughs> stroking my chin here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I might. I don't know. I'll have to look at that. I might, I might just play the spread there. But anyways, no, those are, those are great, man. Uh, that's going to do it for us, guys. That's our weekend show. Uh, hopefully, Trey can join us for the next one. But thanks again, man, Jonathan, for coming on the show and talking bulls and gambling methodology with me, man. Uh, hope you had fun, man, and I hope we can do it again. Yes, thank you for having me on again. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to uh, hopping back on and and obviously working with you and getting some people some some extra money on these on these uh, bets that we're doing. So yeah, we're rolling, man. Yeah, let's get the let's get that money, man. I I, I want to. We all want to take down the bookies. I don't care who does it. We all want to take them down. So let's go. Let's okay. go do it. Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you're out there, go leave a review. Seriously, I know you're probably sick of hearing it. 
but it's necessary. Papa's five stars. Tell Trey he sucks because uh, he's not here. Uh, tell Jonathan, you know, hey, he's awesome. He should probably host the show. I don't know. I don't care what you say. Just go give us five stars. I'm Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBP Keith. And Jonathan, where can the betters find you? Yeah, so they can find me on, on Twitter at M42TINEZ. So basically, Martinez mm-hmm. just replaced the four or the AR for four and two. Can find me on Twitter. So, yeah, you guys can find me on there, and I'm on Instagram as well. I don't know if the follower. Yeah. yeah, I'm all over social media, but yeah, you get at me at Twitter for sure. Awesome, man. And don't forget to follow the show's Twitter at account at, at BSBP underscore NBA. Go Bulls! Let's get us some money. Yes.